and welcome to another exciting episode of the Give Me Liberty podcast. Today, we have the founder and chairman of the Liberty Council, Matt Staver, talking about very important cases that specifically his law firm has challenged and defended in court in areas where he's had great victory. This is an important conversation. Buckle up on the Give Me Liberty podcast starting now. Hey, welcome back to the Give Me Liberty podcast. Today, I'm joined by special guest, Matt Staver. He is the founder and chairman of Liberty Council, defending our freedoms all across the United States. And Matt, welcome. Great to see you on the Give Me Liberty podcast. Thank you, Ryan. It's good to be with you. Well, I'm uh, I'm so proud of the work that you guys are doing. Uh, Y'all have been doing for many years now. Uh, and more recently, I've taken notice of these cases uh, regarding COVID vaccinations and uh, the Christian flag being hoisted uh, there in the public forum at the city of Boston, uh, and then also uh, defending a United States Marine uh, when it comes to the vaccination as well. I think for many people, uh, Matt, uh, who are kind of you know outside, I guess, of the news cycle, not fully appreciative of what's going on, we really are being challenged in ways that we never have before as Americans on our uh, First Amendment rights uh, when it comes to free expression, freedom of thought, and free exercise of religion. We really are being challenged in America like, like we've never been before. No question about it. Uh, beginning with the vaccine mandates, you know, we've been dealing with these mandates since 2020. First, with regards to the churches and places of worship, we had to take a case to the Supreme Court twice. We won 5-4 in December 2020. Then we won 6-3 in February 2021. And eventually that was the undoing of all these mandates on churches and places of worship. But they had restrictions on churches that you couldn't meet, but you could have an abortion clinic operating. You could have a big box center operate seven days a week. And it was like the Christmas rush week every single week for months and months. That was okay, but you couldn't gather in church. And then if you did gather in church, it was only a small handful of people. In Virginia, for example, it was only 10 people. And so one time there was a pastor that gathered on Palm Sunday with him and all of the group, it was 16 people in a 293 seat sanctuary. And he got charged criminally for violating the 10 person limit. Then there was other restrictions that you couldn't sing or you couldn't chant. There's lots of different restrictions. Those were ridiculous, unbelievable. We eventually got those struck down across the country. Then we come to 2021 and we have the shop mandates for people that are going to school, those that are in the pub, private and public sector. But the good news is we're winning some of those as well. For example, we just uh, settled a $10.3 plus million dollar lawsuit against North Shore University Health System in Illinois, one of the large employers, the largest or one of the largest, if not the largest healthcare employer in the state, uh, nearly 18,000 employees. They had historically been considering people's religious exemptions on varieties of things before, but then when COVID hit and the mandates then came down from the Biden administration, they imposed this VAX mandate and it was a jab or job mandate. There was no individualized yeah. assessment, Ryan. They just across the board said, you get the jab, and if you don't, you lose your job. Jab or job is what it was. Over 500 employees 
they had their religious exemptions denied summarily across the board with no consideration. Some of these people had worked for many, many years at the hospital. Some were single income earners for their families where their parents were living at home with health conditions. Their children had health conditions. They were not only the breadwinner, but they were providing health insurance and they were terminated. And we sent a demand letter, they ignored it. We filed a federal lawsuit and now we have the nation's first class-wide settlement against a private employer with regards to their violation of Title VII because they didn't adhere to the law that requires you to evaluate these persons' religious beliefs. And uh, that uh, is going through the process of final resolution. Uh, we'll notify the entire class, but these people uh, in the class they will get substantial remuneration. Plus the policy has been or will be changed. There will no longer be a no religious accommodation policy. Every position will be available for religious accommodation and all the people that lost their jobs will be eligible for rehire and payment. Uh, so that is a good decision. And Ryan, I think what this does is send a wake up call to employers, private and public across the country that they need to stop disrespecting and disregarding their employees' sincerely held religious convictions and beliefs. Yes, absolutely. I, I think we're all alarmed at how progressive uh, this country has become in such a short amount of time. And um, it's not only just on the COVID side. By the way, the CDC just recently changing their guidelines, uh, you know, and, and, and almost pretending like the last two years didn't actually happen. And I even know some well-known uh, pastors who I respect, uh, who, who for temporarily were on the side of the mandates. I, yeah. uh, more famously, Robert Jeffress, uh, yeah. pastor of the First Baptist Church of Dallas. Uh, many of my friends are members of that church uh, whom I respect. Uh, but for a period of time there, he himself said, I am not going to offer up religious exemptions for the vaccine. I was rather um, shocked by that. I think he's changed since then, and, and I'm thankful that he has. And by the way, we can all change our positions. We're free to do so. But I think this took people by surprise, meaning I don't think that they really anticipated it going the way that it did. And it, quite in the way of, of, of it not being on the side of science, um, you know, yeah. I think in the beginning it was on the, the issue of public safety and health. But I think as, as the science came out and we were able to look at it more closely, we could see that these protein boosters, vaccines so-called, were not actually doing what, what people were saying they were doing. It wasn't a magic elixir. It wasn't a genie in the bottle. It was not going to cure all. And in many ways, it only exacerbated the issue uh, of COVID and the spread of COVID. Um, so it's interesting. And then when you have the administration, as you're on many of these cases, uh, the administration saying that sexual orientation and gender identity will take up a first priority uh, over religious liberty. Uh, and that's not only domestically, but also internationally. They're promoting uh, sexual orientation, and gender identity as a sort of a first liberty, first principle kind of issue uh, over uh, freedom of religion. Uh, your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, you know, Robert Jeffress is one of those pastors, like you said, it was very concerning because he was a cheerleader. And I know uh, firsthand 
that he didn't even want to be around somebody who was not vaxxed. Uh, so mm -hmm. the fact is, all you had to do is look at a little biblical sense that it was a, an intrusion of your freedom, particularly religious freedom. And whether you agree with it or not, you need to respect somebody's religious freedom. You may have a different opinion, but you still have to respect it. Number two, the science. With regards to the mRNA, it never had been done before. With regards to the deployment, it had never been done so uh, quickly without testing. So that alone raises concerns uh, with regards to the safety of these particular shots. And then the data came out very quickly on the CDC's VAERS report that uh, they were neither safe nor are they effective when we looked at domestic and global data. And now the CDC is essentially acknowledging uh, what we've always said. And the data is just undeniable at this point. But I think what you're seeing is an intrusion on religious freedom. And I think we as Christians, pastors, we need to be discerning about this, but we also need to be very active. You know, so many times we got Romans 13 thrown up to us. Well, yeah. you just need to obey the government. Well, when you look at what Jesus said, he says to this uh, person who's asking about, do you pay taxes or not? Right. What does the coin say? Well, it has an image of Caesar. Well, render to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, but to God, what belongs to God. The church has never belonged to Caesar. It's always belonged to God. And so we have to have that understanding. We need to fight for our freedom. Then we have these other mandates, like you said, coming out from the Biden administration, and that's on the transgender issue and the sexual mm -hmm. orientation issues. And we have to push back on those and fight back because those are very destructive policies that are coming out that affect so many people. School lunches even are being threatened uh, with regards to whether you can have school lunches provided uh, any federal funding for unless you have some radical LGBTQ policy that the Biden administration wants you to do. So from a Christian worldview perspective, we not only need to discern, but we need to be very active in the process, whether it's in the courts, whether it's obviously through prayer, no question about that, but also in other public policy components, electing good people to office. The reason why we have some of these bad policies is the wrong people are in public office and they're imposing these policies on us. With regards to what Biden is doing also with the military. Um, well, first of all, you know, you go back to the healthcare workers. Before 2020, we already had a healthcare worker shortage. Uh, with these mandates, that really exacerbated it. I know people that are going to the hospital, to the ER rooms, and they're waiting for up to 200 hours. Uh, yes up to several days to be able to find a bed. Why? They say, well, there's no beds. Why is there no beds? Not because there's no beds. A number of hospitals have multiple floors that are vacant, mm -hmm. vacant. The beds are there, the people are not. Why? Because they terminated them over these uh, vaccine mandates. And that is happening around the country. You talk to these people that are in healthcare and that's happening all over the country. These policies are very, very destructive. They're harmful. And they're also harmful in the military. You mentioned the military. These same kind of mandates are on the military. Well, the military are the least people that need these uh, COVID shots for obvious reasons. Obviously, they're not safe, nor are they effective. And the data actually shows more people have died in one year from the COVID shots in the military than have died for two plus years from COVID in the military. It's That's incredible, incredible. These are yeah. healthy, uh, younger people. And they've been able to work like the healthcare people through the pandemic before and after the shots in the wild version, Delta, Omicron, all these different variants. 
and they've been able to maintain military readiness. Why is Biden continuing to insist on these mandates in the military, especially now? Especially, you know, like when the army, they're, they're only 52% toward their recruiting goal and they have less than a month to achieve it. Why? People, they're pushing them out and then others, they're not going in because of what's happening in the military under Biden. So what's happening is I think he's using this to purge Christian men and women mm -hmm. from the military because there's no scientific or other health safety reason to press this in the military at this point. None. Yeah. I think he's using it to literally identify those who are believers and then push them out of the military at every rank. You know, your, uh, two from things your, from your entering cadet in the Air Force yeah. Academy to your your uh, your generals. As yes. Well. I, I wholeheartedly agree, and, and, and there's two, two uh, areas of history that I immediately I'm reminded of. One is in Soviet Russia, and it was a man by the name of Lysenkis, uh, and there's this thing, there's a, a thing called Lysenkoism, and Lysenkis hmm. was, was basically uh, appointed, uh, I believe, by Khrushchev uh, to be the lead agricultural expert in the whole country, and the whole idea was to feed the nation and to do so according to Lysenkoism. And uh, it was more of a political philosophy than anything else. It was not science according to science, but really science according to political science. And, and the result was mass starvation uh, that the Soviets underwent in, in the 1950s and 1960s, where he was applying his own methodologies and strategies to try and bring about um, you know, more uh, crop production and so on and so forth. Lysenkoism. And the other one is during the Maoist revolution, Mao actually had a process by which he purged not only those, the, the citizens of society, but also yeah. the, those within his military ranks where he allowed a short season of free speech uh, to hear uh, how people would respond to his leadership, to those within his regime. And then when he got all the information, then he went through and had more mass ex executions and people were disappearing from society. And this was a part of their, their own communist rev revolution in China. And what you're seeing, I agree with you, it seems along ideological lines to purge from our midst in, the, in military ranks, those who believe in freedom and those who believe yeah. in not only the free exercise of religion, but also those who did not want to go along with the regime's ideological perspective on COVID. Yeah. Well, you look, for example, at Austin during his confirmation, and he said that he wanted to purge the military. He was referring particularly to January 6th, he said that we have enemies within the military and they needed to purge those. But in his view, these kinds of, quote, enemies within the military, we know what they're referring to. These are people who are strong uh, patriots, uh, God-loving uh, people that, that just have a different worldview than this current administration. And so the question came out after that, there were some very liberal publications that were all excited about the fact that he was going to purge the military, but they they asked, how's he gonna do it? Well, I think he found a way to do it. And that's why we're so uh, very aggressive in protecting the men and women in the military. Right now there's a class-wide injunction protecting the Navy, the Air Force, and the Space Force. The next one that's coming down the pipe uh, should be the United States Marines. We have a case right now involving the United States Marines, the judge last week in our hearing said that 
He was about ready to put the finishing touches on the order regarding class-wide protection. We had an individual who was called in on August the 3rd, given 48 hours to vacate. He's at Camp Pendleton. Uh, he would have to vacate the premise on August the 5th, called in on Wednesday, said Friday's your last day because he didn't take the, the mandate. Uh, the VAX mandate. So we got an injunction on the 4th on Thursday at a hearing last week on the 10th. And so consequently, that is going on uh, there. But th this is the kind of abuse that they're facing. It's causing, uh, Ryan, unfortunately, not only increased stress, but we've even seen that it results in some suicides directly related to yeah. the stress. And we, we have direct information with regards to that. So it's abuse of what's happening, but it's it's just like what you're describing here. This is an attempt to rid Christians from the military, all six branches, which would include the Space Force. Yeah. So pray for our men and women in the United States military. Now more than ever, we need a strong military. And yeah. he is destabilizing it. And they're not even able to get, like, like we have uh, empty floors and wings in hospitals, we have um, empty spots in multiple places of the military that cannot uh, be fully occupied by service members. Why? Because they have pushed them out. And then I'm talking about people that a 39 year old veteran, uh, he is now telling his son, uh, I would pause right now. Don't go into the military. Mm. Another, you know, lots of these people that are 20 plus year veterans love the military enlisted in ROTC since they were 16 and then join the military at 17, they're telling their friends and their family, don't go in the military right now. It's not the place you want to be. So uh, this is really, really problematic. Yeah. A final question, and, and thank you, by the way, for, for joining us. Um, you recently won a case uh, involving the Christian flag, of all things. I, I think mm -hmm. about um, the rise now of a, of, a, of a talking point within evangelicalism and certainly on the outside of it, uh, when you think about um, Nicole Hannah-Jones' 1619 Project, uh, Christian nationalism is now the pejorative term everybody likes to use. No one knows actually what it means. Uh, and right. here you want a case in the city of Boston uh, about whether or not it was right or appropriate or we're free to uh, to unfurl the Christian flag in the public square there in Massachusetts. And I just wanted briefly just to talk a little bit about that case and why it's so significant right now in 2022. Well, those that uh, use that term, they have a hard time with this case because it's nine to zero. And it's it's not six, three, it's not five, four, it's nine to zero. And what this case stands for is that you cannot exclude people with religious, particularly Christian viewpoints from the marketplace of ideas where you allow other people to have their own expression. That's what happened in the Cradle of Liberty in Boston. Everyone had their opportunity to raise their flag, have their different gatherings regarding their viewpoints, except Hal Shirtliff and Camp Constitution. In fact, the same flag could have flown had Hal Shirtliff changed the application to delete the word Christian before the word flag if he had put camp constitution before the flag, call it anything but Christian, call it anything but religious, doesn't matter, the same flag could fly. It's your viewpoint on that flag that was the problem. If he viewed it as religious or Christian, couldn't fly. If he viewed it as secular, it could fly. This particular nine to zero decision set up a series of events. 
that culminated on June 27 with the Coach Kennedy case. Shirtliff case, our case, Shirtliff versus City of Boston was cited in that case. Uh, and what happened in that case was Kennedy had the same issue. He could go out on the football field after the game, he could kneel down, think about where he's gonna order the pizza, and that's fine. But if he thinks about God, that's not fine. So if his thoughts were religious, it's banned. If they were secular, they're okay. And they both used, Kennedy and Boston, uh, the school in Kennedy's case, used the same argument. The 1971 Lemon versus Kurtzman case, the Lemon test, to say we have to censor religious viewpoints. The Supreme Court finally buried that 51-year-old terrible precedent with a combination of Shirtliff and Kennedy. And so huge advances for religious freedom, religious free speech, and then gutting that man-made lemon test that's been around haunting the First Amendment for 51 years. So this is an amazing term that began with our May 2, 9 to 0 decision in the Christian flag case. Yes. Well, Matt Staver, founder, chairman of First, or rather Liberty Council, Thank you so much for joining the Give Me Liberty podcast. Thank you for all that you're doing to defend our freedoms here in the United States. Really appreciate all the work that you're doing. Thanks, Ryan. It's a pleasure to be with you. Hey, thank you for watching the Give Me Liberty podcast. What a great conversation we had with Matt Staver. It's so important to remember that in America, even though we have our rights enshrined in the Declaration of Independence and in the Constitution, these are liberties and freedoms that we must test and fight for each and every day in the public square. And in the marketplace of ideas, these things are being challenged at a rate we've never seen before in this country. Religious liberty is on the march and it's important that in every which way, whether it be the, the freedom to meet for worship on Sunday, whether it be the freedom of conscience as it applies to a vaccine, or free expression in the public marketplace when it comes to raising the Christian flag, it is so important that we fight for these ideals and principles. And finally, give the gift of the Give Me Liberty podcast. Please like and subscribe and share with a friend. Until next time. God bless you.